if we both share this podcast and video, which I know we will do, we get to tap into each other's audiences. So if you did that 50 times, 100 times a year, every year, whether it was 1,000 followers or 50,000 followers, you start to build word of mouth and word of mouth leads to referrals. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build financial independence on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Edwin Dearborn, and today we're talking about referrals in business, the types of referrals that we can get as business owners, and then how to improve or increase or or manage those different types of referrals that we get. This one is for the folks out there. I know you guys are out there that are building a business that you understand the importance of your network and growing your network, growing your opportunities. And also, if you've ever been an entrepreneur, a business owner, or in sales, anything customer facing like that, you probably understand that a referral is the most powerful type of lead, the most valuable type of lead that you can get. So that's what we're talking about today. It's a great conversation. You're gonna learn a lot and take your referrals to the next level. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, and I help busy people passively invest in commercial real estate. If you're interested in learning more and applying to join our Passive Investor Club for access to our passive commercial real estate investment opportunities, go to investwithtaylor.com. Once again, investwithtaylor.com. If you're an Apple Podcasts user and you enjoy the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. This show is all about referrals. And I'm going to ask you for a referral right now. If you know anyone who could use more passive wealth in their lives, please do share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. This, that's what this is all about, right? If you believe this show is helping you grow your passive wealth as a real estate investor, What better service can you do to someone in your network than by helping them with the same information that you're getting that's helping you, right? We appreciate that so much. And you know what? That helps me too. So helps all around. It's all about growing and your network is your net worth. If you haven't done so yet and you enjoy the show, you haven't subscribed, no matter what podcast app you use, do look us up and hit that subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Be sure to come back and catch us here. That's when we're here. That's when we're doing it. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday with our expert guests. Once again, our guest is Edwin Dearborn. Edwin, excuse me, Edwin Dearborn. I'm going to redo that one. Audio editor, please clean this up. Once again, our guest is Edwin Dearborn. Today, we're talking about referrals in business and his thought processes around what referrals are, what the types of referrals, and how we can grow them. Without any further ado, here we go. Edwin, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, Taylor. Well, it's great talking with you so far, and I'm excited to learn about referology. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that right. But before (laughs) we we get into it, can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and your background, then we'll get into the knowledge you have for us today. Yeah. uh, Since I was in junior college, I've had a passion for marketing and advertising. That was back in the 80s when, you know, marketing was flyers, yellow pages, index cards, you know, I, I'm, I know I'm aging myself, but I am almost 58. So there you go. But in 2006, I really saw the world was changing when Twitter, YouTube, Facebook all came out. I had a friend that was doing really well with internet marketing. And I knew that I would become extinct like a dodo bird if I didn't update my know-how. So his name's Bill McIntosh. I went to his house. I said, hey, I want a job and I want you to mentor me 
between working for him and being mentored and just reading whatever books there were on the subject at the time, I just became self-educated. Um, about seven, eight years later, I started writing my own books, having now worked with hundreds of businesses on their websites and social media and branding, and basically found that most people are overwhelmed. And what I try to do in my books is bring an undercut of things that people can actually do versus getting more overwhelmed with more data. Interesting. Okay. So that's these days, you know, as you said, marketing has, has changed significantly. I mean, you could even say over the last decade, it's still changed, let alone since the 80s. And now marketers and, and business owners, if they want it, can get a huge amount of data about their prospects. But but that comes at a cost of you You just get too deep into the data and you kind of uh, see it lose the forest for the trees, if I'm using that yes. expression correctly. So, you know, yes. uh, th- tell us about that and how folks can, you know, avoid um, getting bogged down in the data. I'll answer that in two ways. Number one is find something that you can do and get better at it. So I'll ask people, well, what do you do currently on social media? They go, well, I'm I'm pretty active on Facebook. I said, good. We're going to up your Facebook game. We're going to start telling stories on Facebook. I'm going to get you to join people through content on Facebook. Uh, do you have an email database? Yeah, I've got one of those. I don't do much with it. Okay, but you're familiar with it. Yeah, good. So we can do Facebook and email. So I kind of start where they already have familiarity and then grow their skills there And then once they become truly competent, let's say at Facebook and email, then I can go, good, let's introduce Facebook Live. Let's do some videos. Like, okay, but I've got a core competency to build from versus trying to get them to go, okay, we're doing TikTok. Why? Because everybody's doing TikTok. The guy's (laughs) like, I don't even know anything about TikTok. So I now overwhelm him because I'm not starting with an area of familiarity. That's really my core is I try to begin where they're at. I like that. I think also with the the new social media platforms, that could that could turn into a distraction. You're going to be you know a mile wide rather than a mile deep, and you're and you're, I, you're driving at being a mile deep in one area. I agree. Before becoming and a mile wide, totally. And I think there's more value in becoming a mile deep. And I love that analogy. And I'm going to steal that from you because go for it. I didn't make <laughs> it. <up. laughs> because you know, as they say, the riches are in the niches. And if you go a mile deep with the right people and you have the right message, you'll get way more business and brand loyalty than you would trying to go a mile wide. Okay. Okay. So I don't want to get too far, you know, down this path without, without at least like getting, you know, directly to the core of what you're talking about now, uh, referology. I, I don't yeah. know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but yeah, you I don't want to get too far away from that, you know, and, and yeah. mess up all our time. Right. So tell us about that. So it's a short ebook. It's 30 pages then go to brandedshareables.com. Also, I gave you the link. You can share that with your readers. I mean, it's a two-hour read. And I wrote it short after about a year worth of study about referral marketing. Remember, we had the quarantine and the lockdown, and we had all this time on our hands. And for whatever reason, I was kind of rediscovering my roots. I was like, referral marketing. I wonder where that stands today now that we've added all the digital tools. You know, how does that play? And we all know that referrals are better clients. They spend more, they close easier, they last longer, they become the better referral sources. I mean, everything about a referral, I call them the Willy Wonka ticket of business development. You know, it's like getting that golden ticket, you know, I win a referral. So I found out that there actually was quite a bit of research and insight into it. But again, I wanted to bring it down to a level 
that people could apply. And here's my first discovery. Referrals are the biggest blind spot in marketing. If you look at a marketing program that people write, they, they never mention anything about referrals. Yet, it's what drives most businesses. It's the best business. And that's because people look at it as like, well, I receive referrals, but I don't know how to proactively generate referrals. How do I make myself more referable? And so I was like, wow, that was kind of my magic moment. Like there's this blind spot. If you look up the word blind spot in a dictionary, it's an area that we can't judge. We can't, we, we look at and we just kind of go, what? And I found that there was a blind spot. Once you pull back the curtains and it becomes, and you have that proactive mindset, I found, wow, there's actually these things you can do. And what I would like to highlight in my book today, since we have limited time, is I want to go over the four different types of referrals and what to do and how to get more of each. So the first thing I discovered is not all referrals are the same. So the first one is what I call a soft referral. A soft referral, somebody leaves a positive review on Yelp or Google, or someone tags me on a post on Instagram and goes, hey, I was at this restaurant. They're not telling you specifically to go there, but they're mentioning the brand, they're leaving a referral. And you and I know that if a restaurant or a dentist or a real estate agent has got hundreds of good reviews, when people search for them and they see that, it, it brings more business. So I call that a soft referral. One of the strategies I do is when you're, act, when you're interacting with people, you ask them, how was the service? How did you like working with me? And they'll usually, if you did a good job, they'll go, oh man, it was awesome. Would you be willing to say that online? And then you direct them to say it online. I took one dental office that I'm working with. We went from 25 reviews to 200 reviews in less than a year by simply going, how was your visit today at the practice? It's awesome. Would you mind saying that online? The minute we got to close to about 120 reviews, like literally the phone calls tripled saying, I found you on Google. Well, of course they found you on Google. You're ranking high on Yelp and Google because of all the reviews. So that's something that you can just build into your processes as a business is to get those reviews. And over time, they accumulate and people will start looking for local realtor, local mortgage broker, local whatever. And then there you are with those all those reviews. And it will affect your business. Also, you can get people to tag. You're working with them. Hey, tag me in the video. Tell people that I'm your real estate agent. Tell people that I'm your broker. Tell people that I'm doing an investment with you. People see that on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. And they're like, hey, who was that guy you did that real estate deal with? Is he open to other deals? That's what I call a soft referral. A direct referral is somebody like, hey, Taylor, I call you up or I email and you go, I got a guy. Contact my guy. And what I find is the best way to get more direct referrals is stay in touch with your past clients. A study was done that 70% of the people switched from one brand to another, not because they were upset with previous brand, but because previous brand was indifferent to them, forgot to stay in touch, and they just found another brand. So do you have a CRM? Are you staying in, past, in, in contact with your past closes, your past clients, your past referral sources? Are you putting content on email and social media so that you're always top of mind? I've seen so many people lose sales from a guy they sold five years ago that forgot that they were a realtor. <laughs> well, you know why they forgot? They didn't forget. You forgot to remind them. Mm -hmm. So, get, you know, whether it's a newsletter or a video or a how-to content or a, a list of tips or current trends in real estate, just put content in front of your audience. That's part of becoming referable. 
Memorable becomes referable. If you're not memorable, you can't become referable. So staying in front of your database, CRMs, email, phone calls. Hey, how we doing? I, hey, you just sold me a house six months ago. What are you doing calling me? Just checking if everything's okay. You know, if they keep calling, they'll they, maybe that they'll list that house in four years. Or guess what? My daughter got married and she needs to buy a house. Good timing. New opportunities arise all the time. Be there when it arrives. Just stay in front of your list. So that's you'll get more direct referrals. Number three is working with influencers. But let me give you a little caveat on that. When we think of new influencer, we think of some hot model on Instagram. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm an influencer. There's two types of influencers that a realtor, a mortgage broker, a dentist, a local shop can work with. You've got a nano, N-A-N-O, nano influencer. That's one to 10,000 followers. And what's called is a micro influencer. They have 10 to 100,000 followers. Now, I estimate based on a lot of study and research that one out of 20 people fall within that category. And now here's the thing. They don't have a lot of followers, but their followers are super engaged. Like they love their content. Like you got a foodie, right? Or you've got some, maybe a, a local hero or, you know, somebody that's just, in, you know, talks about the city or talks about the neighborhood or talks about, you know, motorcycle riding in Nevada, whatever they've got. And they've got a, an engaged following. So what I look for is if I'm working with people, I go, hey, let me ask you some, how active are you on social media? Well, an influencer, nano or micro or even major one, will say, oh, dude, I'm like so active on Instagram. I'm so busy on TikTok or man, I'm crushing it on LinkedIn, whatever it is. And you go, great. I want to work out some type of collaboration, content creation. Like Taylor, you're either a nano or a micro influencer, most likely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have a follower. You're creating content. What did I do? I reached out to you. We're now collaborating. I'll take this video. I have 20,000 followers on LinkedIn. I'll push it out to them. That gives you potential more brand awareness. It's true. That's true. That's a big part of podcasting in general. Is it? From what I found, I think the guest actually gets, from my experience, the, the, that's like a more powerful position from a receiving leads type of standpoint than than hosting a podcast. In in my personal experience, yeah. But my point is, if we both share this podcast and video, which I know we will do, yep. we get to tap into each other's audiences. Totally. So if you did that 50 times, 100 times a year, every year, whether it was 1,000 followers or 50,000 followers, you start to build word of mouth and word of mouth leads to referrals. Now, the fourth type of referral, this is more of a corporate informal type of referral where you're now doing co-branding or you're doing some type of strategic alliance, you know, like Coca-Cola, the official drink of the NFL. That's a high-end strategic referral. They get to tap into each other's advertising dollars and brand awareness to drive more traffic and more consumption of their product. So Coca-Cola is putting the NFL brand on other Coca-Cola stuff in the store, reinforcing the NFL brand and vice versa. But you could be a real estate broker and you could start going, hey, I want to be the official investor. And so you start going, well, maybe I should co-brand with CPAs or investment guys or bookkeepers who's handling money you know or i joined some angel investing groups and i become kind of the apartment guy in the group right that's a good idea yeah you just kind of like go where could i again it's it's like a nano or micro influencer but now it's getting more into a corporate relationship 
where it can actually get into contractual, like, you know, hey, we're the florist. We have contracts with 10 churches. We do all their weddings. We do all their Sunday services and Easter's and Christmases. We've got an exclusive deal. We are the official florist. And of course, when the flowers are out, there's all the business cards for all the congregation to grab, right? Mm -hmm. And so, wow, who did these flowers? Here's our card, right? It's a it's a very strategic play and very little used because it's kind of a sophisticated play that we think is for the big people. But really, there is a gradient that we can scale even for a small business guy and have a couple of key strategic relationships. I'm part of a bookkeeping firm. I'm a partner in it. And we've got several consulting groups that consult dentists. So they'll go in and consult the dentist and the dentist is like, oh, my finances, uh, you know, like usually that's the case. Oh, well, we have an official bookkeeper that works with dentists. And we've literally gotten five referrals from that relationship in the last year. And these aren't small contracts. These are $1,500, $2,000 a month contracts. So, you know, let's say in five years, I ended up getting 30 contracts. I mean, that could be thirty dollars to $40,000 a month in billing because I, we developed a strategic referral system for, at a corporate type level. Now, all four have their own little tactics. And if you work on those little by little, the Japanese call it Kaizen, small continuous improvements. Now, I get one or two reviews a week, but I do it every week. You know, I send out one email to my email database and I grow my database. I work with influencers and I ask everybody who's an influence and I work with one or two influencers a week. And then I work out one strategic relationship two or three times a year. If I kept doing those four ways of referrals, what would eventually happen to my brand in five years? It's going to snowball. It's going to continue to build. It's going to continue to build. So it's like working out. If you do two push-ups once a week, it's not going to do much. If you do 20 push-ups five days a week and you do keto and intermittent fasting in three months, you're going to look good. There's no one meal that does the job. There's no one set of push-ups that does it. It is the continuous and consistent action of the basics that produce an overall healthy result. It's the same with branding and marketing and business development. If you do these basics that I've laid out over and over and over, over a number of months, quarters, and years, you're going to look back and go, wow, how did we go from 10 apartment deals to 25 apartment deals? Well, you built a following, you engaged, you networked in, in a modern way. So I think one that interests me in particular, well, they all interest me, right? But one that I want to drill into is that that kind of company level referral type of, of setup. I think that was number four, where you yeah. you have some kind of a, a relationship. And I wonder how we can get more creative than like, how do we make this work for both parties when we're not just talking about, okay, I'm going to pay you X dollars for leads. If we're, if we take the specific payment out of it, how can we get more creative? And so one hand washes the other, everybody's benefiting, but we're not, especially if you're talking like, I think CPAs and financial advisors, that gets really messy, right? So we want to keep it compliant. Absolutely. So what I do is, so with a CPA, what you could do is, I know you pay commissions and it gets weird and illegal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but what you can do is you can put together an advertising budget that both go, why don't we run Facebook ads and go after investors? And then you'll get the CP, CPA side of the business. I get the real estate business, but we run Facebook ads together as a group. 
Mm. Right? We just share the advertising costs. We're not paying each other commissions. We just put, you put $500 a month in this and we've got this, you know, financial, you know, brotherhood or whatever you want to call it of, you know, we do this, we do this, we do this. We're a group, we're an association, and this association will take care of all of these needs for you. So that's one way to do it. The other way can just be like, hey, tit for tat, there is no financial benefit other than we get to tap into each other's databases and extract business from it. No commission shared, just you give me business, I give you business, and it may not work out exactly dollar for dollar, but we're both happy. And that's really the key. Are we both happy with the relationship? You know, you may have a married couple, the husband makes more money or the wife makes more money in some cases, and the other one makes a lot less, but they're fine with that because the other one's also watching the kids and, you know, whatever, just being a good spouse may just be enough of an exchange. So in that case, when it's a, you know, non-financial type of arrangement, maybe one person's getting more dollar benefit out of it. I think that really, you have a big aspect of, of trust and liking there. I mean, you have to really trust one another and probably really like one another to really make that a, a, an enduring or like a setup or agreement or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, obviously get with a lawyer if you need to. And, you know, I'm always about following the law. Absolutely. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be dollar for dollar. It can just be, hey, they send me business. I send them business. They're my go-to guy. I'm their go-to guy. And that's all we do. We just share. It's almost like if you belong to the Lions Club or Let's Tip, you just share leads. There's no, there's no commission on the back end. It's just you belong to this association. One of the agreements of the association is we, we keep an eye out for each other and, and send each other business. And that's just the benefit of being belonging. But you don't have to necessarily belong to a Latip and go to breakfast every Wednesday at 7 a.m. I know that's a lot of, that's tough for a lot of people, right? Sure. And say the same spiel every week that you do. But you can get into a lot more formal and going, okay, who's a non-competitor that's seeing the same type of person that I'm seeing? And then how do we work that out where it's equitable and it makes sense? So another thing that, you know, there's a big topic here too, but this idea of reactivation that I want to touch on that you talk about, because I think that's, that's probably one of the things that a lot of businesses, especially if they don't have CRMs or processes in, in, in place to bring people back in, they're really missing out on. So let's touch on that. And then we're going to move on to three questions. Great. So people ask me, what's the best CRM to use? And I tell them the one that you're going to use. Any system is better than no system, right? Mm -hmm. So probably what I would do, and this is what I tell people when it comes to CRMs, find somebody that you respect and know and trust that's using a CRM and have them mentor you on it. Versus trying to figure it out on your own, like, okay, are there any real estate investors out there that use a CRM? Yes, sir. Would you mind, like, kind of, I'll pay you, take me, spend five, 10 hours and just kind of show me the ropes. That's usually the problem is the learning process of how, right? So there's a lot of simple ones out there, but I hate recommending them because I find that the one you use is better than the one you never use. And, and so... I would just find somebody that you work with and has a CRM and start getting mentored. That's probably your best way. I've had good and bad CRMs and, and it took me a few years of trying different ones to really land on one that I, I liked enough. I don't think any of them are particularly perfect. But again, a, that mentoring thing that you mentioned, even once I landed on one that I like, 
getting getting to that next step really took learning from somebody who was years ahead of me that was like using the automation functions a lot more effectively or or anything like that. So there is, I agree, there is a tremendous value in getting somebody that's that's further along to like explain the details to you, especially. Yeah, get get a good mentor on that, or get a VA, get a virtual assistant. You know, I mean, you can go to Upwork, you can go and find VA services. I use VA for some things, and it's tremendously been a helpful resource for me to just go. You schedule my social media posts. You do my phone calls. You do my, you know, Gmail integration. I don't, you know, it's way easier to give it a, do a virtual assistant. So that may be another opportunity to fight. Hey, we know how to do real estate. We do real estate. Pay us X amount of dollars. We'll run it for you. Nice. I like that. Awesome. Well, right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity. You can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called ground floor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry. They make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor to get started or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor, or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Edwin, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Great question. I would have to say that I invested in a small business about a year and a half ago. It was a small investment, but I could see the future of the business. And it wasn't just I put up a cash investment. But I also rolled back in my earnings that we had agreed to back into the business for about six months. So between that, it was probably seven, eight, nine thousand dollars that I put in that business. And now that business will, within two years, be making me residually eighty to ninety k a year. Awesome. It takes a while, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. right now, it's probably going to be about thirty k a year. Maybe about two years, I'll triple it. But you know. We've got the typical expansion problems, and that's probably my best investment. Nice, nice. Well, we had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? I bought a 1976 VW Dasher as my very first car when I was 16 years old. And I used to call it the Thrasher because I think it was in the shop every other week. Mm. Yeah, I bought it with 80,000 miles on it. And this is when the Dasher was not one of their best models. (laughs) 
My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Surround yourself with really, really good people. One of not only intelligence, but of character. You know, good character. Like, you know, their handshake means something. They go above and beyond. Even if they're not perfect, they make mistakes. You can see the heartfelt effort. I think a lot of our betrayals or a lot of our failures in our lives is we worked with or partnered with the wrong people who broke our heart. But on the other side, some of the best things that have ever happened with us in our lives is because we worked with the best people that we ever found in our lives. So I think just get good at your people skills. They call it the soft skills, but I call it the best skills. Nice. I like that. Well, Edwin, thank you for joining us. And uh, uh, thank you for the lessons about how we can increase the types of referrals that are out there and how we can increase those referrals that we get in our businesses. If folks want to reach out, if they want to track you down, if they want to get a copy of the book or anything like that, where can they hunt you down? Go to brandedshareables.com. So brandedshareables.com or just type in Edwin Dearborn, D-E-A-R-B-O-R-N in LinkedIn. That's my superpower when it comes to social media. LinkedIn is really big for me. So go to LinkedIn. You can direct message me and I'll send you a link to the book. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. Here I'm going to ask for a referral like I do every show in the intro and the outro. So Edwin, you'll know all about this. Everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I guess that's the, the first kind of referral I'm asking for there. Soft referral. Soft referral. There you go. Uh, five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. I guess that's type number two. Yes. Keeping track. There we go. Yeah, there you go, man. You're a quick student, man. I love it. I'm trying. I'm trying my best here. (laughs) Well, thank you to everybody out there once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you.